da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, mam fams, friends. Hello, friends. Romans. Countrymen. Spartans! <laughs> Lend, Lend me your, your ears! Lend me your rears. <laughs> Ace Ventura 2 comment. Crap. <laughs> One of many. Time. Buckle up. <laughs> uh, word to your mothers tonight on the Mad About Movies podcast because uh, we're talking mother. This is... um. Mother. This is an audible. We pulled an audible. Thought uh, we made plans, I guess, uh, a couple months into this, or a couple months ago, about what we're going to do, or tentatively, kind of like mm-hmm. skeleton the schedule out a couple months in advance. And uh, right. this was otherwise, not on the schedule. I lose my mind. Right. This was, yes. Yeah. Otherwise, Brian can literally can't sleep at night. <laughs> uh, so we have to do that. And this was not on the schedule. Had to pull an audible. This movie, Mother. Worth it. Worth it, though. Right. <laughs> This movie, Mother, was supposed to come out October the 13th. In fact, Paramount Pictures canceled slash pushed back their Friday the 13th reboot uh, in favor of this. Mm, smart. So they were going to have a Friday the 13th reboot <laughs> come out on Friday the 13th, but they canceled it for this. And uh, they didn't even end up releasing it on October the 13th. They pushed it up to September 15th. And and this movie felt like... A lot of good decisions going around over there, it sounds like. This movie felt like I saw the trailer and then it was in the theater. I don't really uh, recall any kind of lead up to this at all. It was very vague when it came out and uh, didn't really have much explanation other than the trailer. And uh, lo and behold, the marketing didn't really pay off. 2,300 theaters, $7 million later. Uh, Here we are to talk about Mother. Uh, That's going to be fun tonight. Because uh, this is, if anything else, a um, highly talked about movie. It's a controversial movie at the time. And it's always fun to talk about why movies are um, either good or bad. But also, why movies are being talked about. Why they're popular. Why people even talk about them. And uh, that's going to be fun. But there's a lot of stuff to catch up on. Brian, I think you should take over this segment. And hello, everybody out there joining us from the VIP feed tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got some fun stuff coming up for the VIP feed this week. Our Simpsons movie talk is coming out uh, this Friday. So if you want to subscribe just in time for that, you can do that over on the VIP feed. And uh, we had a fun little AMA, or I did, in fact, uh, over on the VIP feed uh, last week. And a little video chat with uh, some people, answered some questions, showed them around the studio here. The, uh, the place where we record a lot of our episodes, and uh, it was a good time. So more stuff like that coming for those people. And uh, I just wanted to shout them out right at the top of the show before we get things going here. Yeah, that was cool. I watched it, actually. Not while you were doing it. I oh, watched that's... it later while I was working, just to see how it worked. And just more than anything, to keep track of how much crap you talked about me and Richard, because we were... keep tabs <laughs> on that. You were taking notes and uh, yeah. you're lo- oh, just yeah. logging, yeah. because, again, mm-hmm. you can't sleep yeah. at night unless you... Yeah. Uh, 
of everything. I have one. Yeah, I have one Google sheet I share with you, which is the times <laughs> Richard has talked crap about you or I, and then one that I share only with Richard. That's where you have talked crap about. I'm one sure, of us. mine is is way bigger hey. than both of the two. <laughs> hey, um, question. Yeah. Hey, little. And I hate to burst your bubble, Brian, but Kent and I have a private text feed. Just, mm, just us. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. I'm just gonna. I just want to keep you up all night now. Yeah. Sometimes we text right. each other without you. Just log your insults, please. That's all I ask. <laughs> please. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. Just log yeah, it. Just. There's you don't even tell me what it is. Just put in. Yeah. Put an X mark or a number, tally mark, something. Just let me know. I've been kind of out of the loop uh, lately when it comes to TV and such, uh, but I understand mm. the Emmys were the other night, and I did not watch <laughs> the were, Emmys. Yeah. I have no idea who won anything. I think we need sure. to do. We didn't even get to talk the nominees. That's something I actually okay. have here on my schedule was talk Emmy nominees. We never even got to do that. <laughs> the awards came and went, and I have mm-hmm. no idea what happened. So, Brian, can okay. we can we go through? Yeah. I guess to the Emmys mm-hmm. and and yeah, I, I guess, guess if I you got, got to watch it, how was the yeah. ceremony? Uh, I watched about two hours of it. So that that and and over the course of three days, which was so not even half. You, so right. it was the most boring award ceremony I've, I've ever. Watched. I like I like the Emmys. I love the Oscars. I like the Golden Globes. You know, uh, the Grammys, whatever. Like, award shows should be fun. Let's all get together and live tweet it and have fun, dumb time with it. But the Emmys this year, it's like they knew no one cared this year. And I, and so they punted on the presentation. They punted on a lot of the, the hosts or the, the presenters and stuff like that. The the show was really boring. I, I love Stephen Colbert, but it could, I mean, you could have put like, Ron Livingston, the guy who used to do the sprint commercials on stage and present it wouldn't you wouldn't have lost or gained anything because it just was so so dull. So I I didn't even watch the last hour or so, um, but but I do have pulled up on my screen uh, the nominees and the winners. If you want to go through like the yeah, main, that'd be great. Let's do let's do okay. the big categories first okay. of all. Outside of the big categories, mm-hmm. was there any shockers outside of the big uh, ones? <laughs> I, I really, it, to me, there really wasn't like I, it, mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't really pay attention to you going in. Like usually with the Oscars, I'll kind of pay attention to the handicapping of who is expected to win and whatnot. Um, this for this, I didn't. It just seemed kind of like a foregone conclusion for whatever reason. I don't know. I'm just TV is great. I love TV, but I we're still in sort of peak TV era. But it, I don't know. There's just something about the Emmys, the way they pick and choose what they're gonna. Uh, what they're going to nominate and what they're going to applaud and stuff is just, I don't know. There's no, there's no interest to it, I think. And I I feel, I think the ratings are down. So I, I feel like that's kind of universal at this point, but uh, okay, let's do, we're talking so daytime no, Emmys, nothing, right? Yeah, of course, obviously, Susan Lucci got passions. Again. Passions uh, is Doctor Phil, Doctor <laughs> Phil, Doctor Phil, Doctor <laughs> Phil. Oh God, Steve Harvey. Ugh. I thought Cash Me Outside Girl was going to put him over the top this year, but just didn't. <laughs> just didn't. Um, That's right. He, he opened his season. I, I was at the mechanic or something earlier, and uh, Doctor Phil was on, and he's like, <laughs> "I got a couple Doctor Phil stories I'll tell that are make you guys laugh." Uh, first was on the thing. He's like, "We want to start this season pretty strong, so we got Sinead O'Connor." Like, oh, what? <laughs> This season in 1991? That's never happened. Yeah, relevant. it's flashback to yeah. 1991. Last time right. that sentence was said. So I'm like in eighth or ninth grade. I'm playing football. And uh, I was pretty pretty much a stud. I was about in eighth grade. I'm about six foot one, 190 right now. 
Um, in eighth grade, I was about six foot one, one thirty, uh, pretty muscular, muscular one hundred and thirty though. Mm-hmm. So, but I played football because I lived so in Texas. So many flip tires, you know. Yeah, like, I had to, yeah, I, I didn't know the JJ Watt workout yet. Anyway, <laughs> we played a, a school on the other side of town, and it was right when Doctor Phil was breaking, like he was doing the Oprah trial and all that. He didn't have his own show or anything yet, but he was starting yeah. to kind of become a thing. That's how if you don't know. He was only on Oprah. Be. Yeah, he was Oprah's when Oprah got sued by the meat company in Texas. Her lawyers hired Dr. Phil as, I don't know, some kind of psychological like jury witness. Jury consultant. Yeah, jury consultant. And he get, Oprah thought he was hilarious, so that's how he became a thing. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm playing, uh, I think, wide receiver. And we, we ran every play on my eighth grade team. I mean, seriously, I played wide receiver. I did not catch a pass the entire year. It was just kind of... But, you, I but would, you threw up the X a lot. Yeah, that. I threw up the X. My job was literally because I was on the sideline to get the play from the coach, run it to the huddle, and tell everyone, and then run back out, split end, and do nothing. So I would get bored, and I'm kind of a jerk, and so I would just kind of... If anyone ran to my side, I would just find the smallest kid and cheap shot him because they were <laughs> they were always... They were always looking at the running backs, obviously never looking at me, and I would just try to just hurt as many kids as I could. Gosh. And uh, and so anyway, so I just went. I mean, I cracked back this one kid like thirteen times in this game, and uh, he was getting fed up with me as as he should. And uh, anyway, at the end of the game, you know, have our orange slices or whatever, and I'm, I go find my mom, and I was gonna drive home with her instead of taking the bus or whatever it was a road game and she's like i want you to meet someone she goes this is dr phil he's on the oprah show and he was just at this game and i'm like oh yeah i kind of knew who he was but he wasn't famous yet he's like hey nice to meet you man super cool nice dude and then he's like hey i want you to be my son this is jordan or whatever and up walks the kid <laughs> whose knees i just been <laughs> shoulder tackling awesome. he's still got his jersey on and he's like oh Hi, man. My mom's like, isn't that cool? He's on Oprah. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and then <laughs> another time, oh, like no. two or three years. <laughs> Sorry to break down. I don't have many, but this is the last one. Like two or three years later, I was at uh, Jonathan's house. <laughs> and he lived like right next door to Dr. Phil. And at this point, Dr. Phil is a thing. and uh, But he's still in Dallas. And at least part time. And Jonathan and I decided it'd be a great idea <laughs> to take a little few golf shots off of uh, Jonathan's driveway. <laughs> Into his... Into uh, just kind of a, yeah. a ravine. His area. His area. And yeah. uh, I didn't get my wrists around on one, so I sliced it pretty bad right through a window. <laughs> and uh, that window happened to me at <laughs> Dr. Phil's house. And so uh, I had to go up to their door, and I will give them everlasting credit. Probably because at this point they're just raking in so much money. Right. He was taking a bath in in hundred dollar bills. At that <laughs> yeah, the, the mom oh, answered hey. the mom answered the door, and I was like, "Hey, I'm sorry, we were goofing around. I hit a window. Um, I have no money, uh, but I I will figure out a way. Either I'll work or something. I'll I'll get it paid for." And she was like, "You are such a great young man to tell me." <laughs> She's like, don't worry about it. Like, complimented yeah, me. Like, awesome. most, I was like, I think most yeah. people would tell you if they broke a window and you're upstairs. She was like, that was, we'll get, we'll take care of it. You're, so anyway, I ride for you the wanna, McGraw You want to send your son out so I can tackle him a couple <laughs> yeah. times? Really? I, I, like to think, I like to think it was the son's room and you knocked him out through the <laughs> Happy Gilmore style. Like, exactly. I was going to say, you had, happy, 
It's Happy Gilmore, but I like to think I just haunt this kid. Like, I'm his O'Doyle rules. Like, he's the normal. And I just, every three years, I probably, like, cut him off in traffic before, too. And now he's he's like, it's that guy, Newman. So that's my natural enemy is Dr. Phil. All right. So how many Emmys did he win this year, Brian? Seven and a half. They split one with Oprah, who is not even on TV anymore. But, uh, you know. He actually won won best Steve Harvey, which Steve Harvey was mad about. (laughs) He's like, I'm Steve Harvey. He, he sent out a very strongly worded statement to his uh, his team, so it's good. All right, let's go through real quick. Let's do like the the very main categories: lead actress in a drama, Viola Davis, Claire Foy of The Crown, Elizabeth Moss, Handmaid's Tale, the King of the Queen of Us All, excuse me, Carrie Russell, uh, Evan Rachel Wood, Westworld, and Robin Wright, House of Cards. Who do you think won lead I actress think it was Handmaid's in a drama? Tale. Mad Men Girl. Richard, do you want to have you? Have I, you know, seen the I know. Okay. Right, I know everything. All right, cool. We'll, so. we'll play this for Kent. You're you're yeah. correct, Kent. Elizabeth Moss. It was a big night for the Handmaid's Tale, so just yeah. be prepared for that. Uh, lead actor in a drama: Sterling K. Brown of This Is Us, Anthony Hopkins, Westworld, Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, Matthew Reese, The Americans, Leave Schreiber, uh, Ray Donovan still on the air, Kevin Spacey, House of Cards, continually, and uh, Milo. However, you say that this is us. Who 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 won? Um, who do you think? I'm gonna go House of Cards. No, fortunately, the uh, the Emmys only nominate a terrible show; they don't award it anymore. So I appreciate that. Uh, Sterling K. Brown <laughs> took it for, uh, for oh, cool. this is us, which is good. Big couple years for him. Man. Yeah, he's, he didn't he win last year for OJ? Uh, I think he did. Yeah, so that's good. I like that guy. He's very good. Yeah. He's that. I stopped watching that show after four or five episodes, but he was probably the best part by a fair stretch. He was really, really good on the show. So, yeah. Uh, lead actress in a comedy Pamela Adlin of Better Things, Allison Janney, American Treasure of Mom, mm-hmm. Jane Fonda, Grayson Frankie, Ellie Kemper, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Tracy Ellis Ross, Blackish, Lily Tomlin, Grayson Frankie, and Julia Louis Dreyfus, Veep. Well, I know who won, but that's cool. That, <laughs> yeah, of course, that's cool yeah. that Ellie Kemper got nominated. Yeah, it was. They should really, at this point, just rename the statue after J- the JLD it's Memorial just, Trophy. Yeah, yeah. come she on. Just, so she'll win it. So win it next year because it's the last year of Veep. That's for right. sure. She'll break the right. record and win next year. But the question is, will she win the year after without a show on the air? <laughs> right. I, no, yeah. She'll I mean, win for like some appearance she does on Curb or something. <laughs> yeah. Like Melissa McCarthy was nominated for all those just for her SNL stuff you know she'll find ways to just keep raking them in yeah and 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 it should be like the supreme court like it's her award till she dies and then it's somebody else's award yeah 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 just start awarding it to second place i think like look we know who won but second place hey you had a great year on blackish tracy ellis ross um now that you've seen veep brian are you are you cool with her winning she's great i just i want I need Leslie Nope to come away with one. Just yeah. somewhere in there, just season four, season five, whatever. Just slide in a, a, a Amy Poehler, Leslie Nope, and I'd be fine because she's fantastic and it's great. But I, I Parks and Rec's coming back, so she'll probably have a chance. Oh, gosh. It's a conversation we had a few weeks ago. So. <sighs> Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Okay. Lead actor in a comedy Anthony Anderson of Blackish, Aziz Ansari, Master of None, Zach Galifianakis, Baskets, Donald Glover, Atlanta, William H. Macy, Shameless, Not a Comedy, Not a Comedy, Stop. Calling it a comedy, Jeffrey Tambor, transparent. Who who came away with the one the uh, oh, trophy I, there? I think it was Tambor, but uh, cool that Aziz was nominated. Yeah, it was. One. Oh, did he? I, do, what did Tambor Don, win? Donald Glover won. 
Don, Don Glover. Glover. Oh, cool. Atlanta. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. He also won for directing, I believe, too. Maybe for writing, too. So Okay. Hold uh, on real quick. I got to do one more pause. Man. Yeah. I got a quick story. Brian knew this one, but Ken doesn't, I don't think. And I, this doesn't have Dr. Phil in it, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I was in a wedding... Uh, or I'm in a, I'm in a wedding this coming weekend for a friend, old friend of the show, Corn Dog, and uh, so I was in Las Vegas for his bachelor party uh, a month ago during the Mayweather McGregor fight, and we were staying. We booked everything before the fight was even announced, so by happenstance, we were staying at the MGM, uh, which is where the kind of the host. The fight was at T-Mobile, but the host resort or however you want is was at the at the MGM. So there's a lot of celebs around and. And so, uh, and a lot of them, because MGM's own, owned by Viacom, it's it's a, a lot of CBS, Showtime uh, people around. So uh, we're checking out, or yeah, we're checking out, and I'm sitting with my friend uh, Mark, who was in a band with Kent, and uh, Full Circle, and we're no sitting idea there. Who that guy is no, he's he's the worst, is what he is. And uh, we're sitting there. He went by kinda... Red Foo in the band. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> familiar. No, okay, continue. Red Foo. So Kent, you're gonna die. At this story, so we're sitting there, and William H. Basie comes out of Shameless fame, not a comedy. Shameless, not a comedy fame, and uh, and so he's he's checking out, which I admire him for because he's had about a thirty year career, and he was still staying at the free hotel because it's owned <laughs> by. And I I respect that, like that made me like him thirteen percent more. So he's checking out, and he's kind of whatever. And I go, oh wow, it's William H. Basie, and I, as you guys know, I love Boogie Nights, so it's like, oh, it's Little Bill and. A million other things. And Corey, the groom, who's always out of it, has really weird pop culture tastes, as you guys know, knowing Corey. <laughs> Jurassic Park uh, 3. Cor- the corn dog. He goes, <laughs> no, it's so much better. I go, oh, dude, Corey, check it out. It's, uh, it's William H. Macy. He goes, who? I go, William H. Macy. Big, big actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. And Corey goes, I don't know. I don't think I know who that is. I said, just look. It's William H. Macy. You know, he's right next to us. And Corey looks over me and he goes, oh, I swear. This is a direct <laughs> quote. He goes, oh, oh my God. That's the plumber from Mystery Men. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback Mystery Men app coming Gosh. soon. I was like, please go up and please go up and say that to him, but he wouldn't do it. That that's <laughs> that was Corey's favorite reference on, on William H. Macy, which makes me love Corey so much yeah. more. Just imagine how happy that would have made William H. Macy if somebody just <laughs> came up and and was like, dude. And then Kel Mitchell walks up and Ben Silver <laughs> walks up and it's like, What's happening? <laughs> And you Corey's just assembled the cast of Mystery yeah. Men for his bachelor yeah. party. Yeah, that is that Hank Azera? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then oh, they smelled Janine Garofalo a... coming from a mile away. And just like, oh, it man. was a perfect Corey quote. I mean, he was not kidding. That's yeah. what we need to get across to the audience. <laughs> so endearing. <laughs> yeah, he was legitimately a. That was his frame of reference on William H. Basie, which is beautiful. And B, sincerely pumped that he was near the plumber for Mystery Men. <laughs> wow. Okay, so yeah. William H. Macy won? Yeah? Uh, no, he did Finally? not win. Donald Glover he won, won. He won Thankfully. Lifetime for uh, for, for the, the plumber, plumber role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his, obviously his Not his even on TV, role. but just like, you know, just to preserve his uh, his legacy. Um, okay, I'm going to go through and just give you winners on a couple of these others. Uh, supporting actress in a comedy went to Kate McKinnon, Saturday Night Live. Supporting actor in a comedy was Alec Baldwin, Saturday Night Live. Saturday Wait, Night Live that, won a lot of Was awards, that against uh, regular series? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Hmm. So yeah, it's just she was comedy. up against... Uh, it's so bad. Like, why is it winning yeah, now? I and it, I know. And it won multiple I know. On the I mean, Baldwin's was, fine. That's great. Sure. That's cool. But... Yeah. Uh, 
it was it's it's a little it's a little frustrating. It's a little frustrating. The other t- also nominated in supporting actress comedy were Vanessa Bayer of Saturday Night Live and Leslie Jones of Saturday Night Live. So wow, no Vanessa way, Bayer really? was nominated. She didn't even do anything last year. I know. At all. Know. <laughs> <laughs> but Leslie Jones I mean, did she win Best Screaming? Yeah. <laughs> No, I they think Wanda have, Sykes was nominated too. So oh, good. I'm glad <laughs> Wanda won. Wanda Wanda is the queen of screaming too. Until As we always say, no one should hate Leslie Jones more than Wanda Sykes because <laughs> as some as an African American female of they're about the same age who screams but is actually hilarious. Right. She should hate Leslie Jones because yeah. that's like she like fills the quota of you know the 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 boring producers that just see things really plainly like oh we need a we need an african-american lady who yells and is tough and it's like well let's get leslie jones wanda sykes should be like yeah but i would do it and i'd be funny and they're like <laughs> right. i don't know we'd rather you not right <laughs> it's like gosh Ghost, ghostbusters would have been way better with wanda sykes. oh my god oh it would have been a b minus yeah. with wanda sykes <laughs> well you know, uh, <laughs> top ten movie of the year according to his that, own. That's director. why. Uh, that's why Kate McKinnon won because people are just now getting around to seeing Answer the Call, <laughs> Ghostbusters four or whatever it was. They got to award Holtzman somehow. Guys. Oh gosh, gosh, I hate our society. So boo, uh, emphasis so, on the boo. Whatever yeah. was it? Booya, emphasis on the boo. That's yeah, what the line was. Think, Sorry. Well, that that actually <laughs> that, that one a Pulitzer, yeah. yeah, exactly. That was so on that, the poster, that, I think. So. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't eligible for anything else because of its combo Pulitzer Peabody <laughs> Peabody Kennedy Center honor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the Presidential Medal of Freedom. It was Obama's last act of president as being president. He was like right after that touching Joe Biden ceremony. Then he handed it off. <laughs> Oh, I'm crying. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, wow. All right, continue. Next category. Oh, wow. Um, oh, man. Supporting actress in a drama went to Ann Dowd of The Handmaid's Tale. Supporting actor drama, John Lithgow, who we love, of The Crown. But someday Jonathan Banks has got to get freaking Emmy, Emmy for Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad. Because uh, yeah. he's incredible in that role. All right, the big two. Uh, I'll give you the nominees, and you can you okay. can pick the winner. Yeah, comedy series Atlanta, Blackish, Master of None, <laughs> Modern Family, still out here getting award nominations. Uh, Silicon Valley, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and Veep. I mean, I ride I ride for Modern Family. Yeah, I, mo- there's nothing I ride with Modern Family. It was yeah. really bad last year, mm-hmm. like aggressively bad. I stopped watching about a year and a half ago, and it wasn't. It was just a. I moved, and so I lost four or five episodes on the DVR, and I just never got caught up on it. But Modern Family is fine. It's just, can we stop giving it Emmy nominations? I just, mm-hmm. I think we're past that at this point. All right, what won, Kent? I, what do you think? I came think away? Atlanta won, but that's just. It's cool. That's a cool category. Just uh, yeah, it was Master good. of None it was and Silicon Valley and Kimmy Schmidt mm-hmm. and Veep and all yep. those. Comedies are that's that's a good that's a strong year of comedic television. Mm-hmm. I feel like. What yeah. about what about two broke girls? Did you just forget to read it? <laughs> well, again, they just went. It's it's they're, they're waiting for the its JLD final thing. season. They, yeah, it's final. Oh, season. it ended. Oh, yeah. It got canceled. It got canceled. Mm, so well, that was its final season. Was it? Last year, it's too late. I love when networks are like this. is My favorite, just ultimate, just D move that networks pull every once in a while, where they're like. 
you've been on for six seasons and we appreciate it, but you're canceled. Like, well, can we wrap it up? We have six. Mm-mm. Nope. You're just, you're done. Like, <laughs> yeah, they canceled well, them after they finished like their fifth season. Like, well, we need to wrap up the characters and CBS is like, no, yeah. it, <laughs> that I, never I usually, happens. It's awesome. Yeah. It's not nice, but, but they were right to do it. There's no reason. There's yeah, no, no reason to wrap cares. up those characters. Yeah, no one cares. Uh, Veep was the actual winner. So I imagine Veep will win again next year. I think and yeah. Two Broke Girls might be the most offensive show I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> yeah, let's, just say, let's just say there was good. an episode about a pearl necklace mm-hmm. uh, yeah. on, on network television on CBS. And, yeah, there's um, no way this is. It, it was some of, the, yeah. some of the worst <laughs> writing I've seen. Mm-hmm. On yeah. on they TV, let alone screen network the TV. jokes. Like mm-hmm. a lot of those CBS shows, they're old school. Like I mean, I've come to kind of understand there's a market for literally their joke delivery systems, um, and that's fine. Big Bang and and Two and a Half Men when it was good. It's just it's a, an excuse, a plot, an excuse for characters zinging each other, and whatever. That's fine. Um, but Two Broke Girls, they just they literally they can't even act. The jokes they just yell them at this point, mm-hmm. you know. It's yeah, and so then and then bad. stand around and wait for the 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 yeah. applause. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, it's rough. It's brutal. Uh, okay, drama series final category: Better Call Saul, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, House of Cards, Stranger Things, This Is Us, and Westworld. I think This Is Us won, but I would have voted Stranger Things. Handmaid's Tale came away with it. It was a oh. it was a big Handmaid's Tale kind of night. So okay, Handmaid's well, I still Tale haven't seen that. Big night for the Lou. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was because uh, you know with with these more and more streaming platforms, you know Hulu kind of getting lost because they are owned by the networks. So you start thinking of them as like, eh, I'll go there to watch Seinfeld and and then reruns of Modern Family and South Park and stuff. But they their original programming really that was like the launching point. I feel like this Emmy, mm-hmm. so they're gonna definitely spend too much money and go out of business soon on original programming. <laughs> yeah, but I love Hulu. I get the uh, commercial free Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's awesome, man. I can watch like I can watch like four Seinfelds in an hour. I uh, I do have Hulu as well. I use it more to catch up on current network TV than I do to watch original programming on there. I don't I've ever find myself watching Hulu. I think that uh, Stephen King Franco series was the, the JFK one, the last like original program I watched on on Hulu. Mm. But I do, yeah, like you said, Richard, I'll, I'll catch up on South Park on there and uh, and uh, some Seinfeld every now and then when I stream it. Uh, you got, you, I, uh, I own the box set, so you know, got to break that out every now. And <laughs> did but, you uh, did you see the South Park premiere, Kent? I did. Yeah, the uh, Alexa stuff. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, HGTV stuff. Gosh. Mm-hmm. We got when well, that's next. Brian, we got Brian through curb, so that's next. Maybe one day. Basically, Randy becomes a property brother. Uh, <laughs> Brian, that's the yeah. first episode. Yeah, uh, Richard was catching me up on that. That's that is the quickest way to get me into South Park is to add in HGTV. Honestly, like, yeah. If it was that, if it's that or Dirk, like if you get Dirk on South Park, then I'm like. By oh, the no, way, got to become a completist and watch all of them now. Yeah. By the way, there's a property brother on. Um, dancing with the stars this year brian so good oh gosh yeah <laughs> good luck with your next few weeks i hope he does magic during his set i like that it, they they couldn't somehow land two I, either they're trying to stretch the property brothers across mm. multiple seasons yeah uh or uh there's uh they could only they could only land one prop bro but either mm. way that's great we should uh i just want to if you ever want to do a deep dive quickly listeners if you ever want to find craziness just 
Search around on Twitter, Instagram, whatever for Property Brothers super fans. Yeah, a- Brian and I've spent a lot of time in that world, and it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's disturbing. It's it's a weird place, man. It's a we- it'll really give you a taste of what the internet is is all about these days. It's, it's peak internet. It's strange, it's man. Fabulous. It's strange, and only half of those accounts are Kevin Durant accounts. It's it's really weird. <laughs> okay, well, exciting times at the Emmys. A Handmaid's Tale. Is that because Game of Thrones was off this year, mm-hmm, and yeah. uh, it's just an off year in TV when that happens? I guess. It'd be cool if the Americans ever won something. Yeah, that's but funny. At least we're nominated now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least. Okay. Well, uh, let's move on to a brighter topic and talk <laughs> mother. <laughs> Hey, man, fam. It's Brian here to talk to you today about our newest sponsor, Mack Weldon, a premium men's essentials brand. When we got these guys as our sponsor, I went to the website, I browsed through their categories, I picked out what I wanted and ordered it, and in a couple of days, it was on my body. And these are the most comfortable boxers I've ever worn in my life. The socks are dope, and the shirts look great. They don't have any thongs yet, but I know that Richard just put in a request, so maybe that is coming down the pipe soon. And if for some reason you don't like your first pair, Mack Weldon will refund your money and let you keep your order, no questions asked. I don't think that's going to be a problem, though, for you, because these products look and feel great, and they're awesome for pretty much any occasion. Whether you're going to the gym, you're at work, you're on a date, you're at home watching Now You See Me, whatever else you weirdos do... It's awesome. So go to MacWeldon.com and use our promo code MAD to get 20% off your order. That's MacWeldon.com promo code MAD. So it's been a while, guys, since we've talked about an Aronofsky movie. And I, I, I slept very well in this time period. <laughs> I had forgotten what it was like to talk about Aronofsky until this week. Just when I was going back and kind of thinking about his movies, rewatching some of them, re-listening to our past reviews and things like that, and just kind of refreshing myself on on his work, uh, this is a, a guy that we don't often talk about when we talk about um, directors currently working today. That we why not, right? That <laughs> that we want to see uh, take over big movies or up and coming directors or. Directors Star that Wars. we're looking forward to seeing stuff, but uh, sure enough, uh, when his stuff comes out, people talk about it. Whether we uh, whether we hold him in high regard uh, after the fact is another story, but it seems in the moment that people can't get enough Aronofsky, and it, this is no different. The Mother might be his most talked about movie. I don't know. Noah was pretty highly talked about after it was released, just because of its obviously different then people's interpretation of the Bible can be different in different places, and that's fine. I'm sure that was half the intention with making it, but this movie has been quite a conversation. And at the end of the day, I really think that's why this movie exists, uh, both in how grotesque it is and how vague it is and how uh, kind of art housey it is. I think it's really, at the end of the day, just to get people talking about it. And um, so... Keep that in mind, I guess, when uh, going through this review. But Brian and Richard, what was your experience with this? Uh, was it a full screening? Were people leaving? Was What was the response at the <laughs> end of this? Uh, Richard, what was your experience screening Mother? Where did you see it? And uh, tell us your general thoughts. Yeah, so I am, uh, I'm in, of the three of us, uh, Brian is in kind of suburbs of Fort Worth. Um, Kent is in this kind of new area called 
you know, like Frisco Plano, which is like 30 minutes north of Dallas. I live in Dallas. Um, and so I have the closest theater to me is like this art housey kind of thing. So I saw it with people who, who kind of knew what they were getting into more. I didn't see it at like a suburban mm-hmm. cineplex. Like I would have, you know, when I, you know, when I always, I grew up in the suburbs, like, so, uh, I had a mediumly, f- mediumly, <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of a, uh, medium full <laughs> should be a word. If it's not already <laughs> have another glass of wine, rich, uh, another, um, another, I, uh, I, in kind of a medium full theater. Um, no one walked out. People seem to be, there was a lot of chin stroking, um, <laughs> like, you know, interesting, thought, mm, interesting, you know? And so I saw it probably under ideal circumstances in, ser- in terms of comfort. In a very hipster because, environment then. Yeah. Very kind of like <laughs> old guy, hipster world. Like uh-huh. a lot of like, mm. um, women who own art galleries and, um, <laughs> you know, and men who, uh, you know, like our had have liberal arts degrees, but went into the textile industry. Uh, it's like every everything around that. So it was kind of like ideal. So uh, the the audience seemed I was with actually seemed to enjoy it somehow. Uh, but I I mean I didn't I'm not going to hate it as much as you guys did. I think I it was weird and on purpose and and pretentious and silly. But uh, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln. <laughs> uh, but it was. But the the overall theater experience was probably ideal. Mm-hmm. Brian, mm-hmm. what about you? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nobody walked out, but that's partly because there. I think there were three other people in the theater, so that's you know that's <laughs> one of that's one about, of them was I guess that's asleep, about what I expected. So yeah, pretty much just yeah, you there, and one other person. There was there was a couple that came in. I would guess they were in their mid twenties, mid twenties African American couple that came in, like maybe 10 minutes into the movie try to find their seat what time of day was this really uh it was like i don't know i think the screening started at 1 30 or something on a so wednesday I, yeah so like i the deal is is i i went by myself during the middle of the day and that's you know i like doing that if i can figure out a way to schedule it and this week it worked out to where i did a ton of work sunday monday tuesday and i have a ton of work tomorrow and friday and so today i just chilled and which was nice but um yeah, I was out of screening at like a one thirty in the afternoon, and with with three other people. But yeah, I kind of i I really almost stopped and asked uh, the couple that came in late, kind of just want to get their thoughts on what they just saw because <laughs> would have been good audio <laughs> you, for the show. Yeah, I know. I really thought of. I just I'm not good at that bit. Like I'm not good at interviewing. You guys have been to cons with me. I'm not. I'm not good at that scene at all. Like I don't know how to interview and. The idea of just like walking up to people like, hey, would you mind if I stick this phone in your face for a second and ask you uh, how you felt about this weird movie that we just saw? But they both look like they like me that that they would like to have two hours of their lives back. Um, and then the other person ran out as fast mm-hmm. as possible. So I'm assuming ran out she was sprinting. And I mean, she was she was gone. She was gone. <laughs> like she ghosted out immediately. So I I don't know. I don't know what wow. her story was, but. Uh, but yeah, I feel I kind of felt like me and and this couple, like maybe we're gonna get together every year, oh, uh, this time of year, and just like because we've been through some stuff together now. Yeah, that like bond. it's been yeah. this was yeah basically this is like going through a war, uh, a short war, but uh, but a war nonetheless. And so I think we we might we might be connected somehow just from from having been through this together. Yeah, this has been called a love it or hate it kind of a movie and Mm. i really didn't 
love it and I didn't hate it. I'm kind of in the middle with this one. Um, I don't think it's a masterpiece. I don't think it's this uh, movie that is going to win all these awards. I don't think it's going to last any longer than in the next couple of weeks. And as far as our conversation goes until the next Aronofsky movie comes out and then we'll compare it to that. And, and that'll be another topic again. Just uh, like I haven't thought about the movie pie in a long time until uh, going back and, and uh, watching mother, just kind of thinking about his other stuff. But yeah, this movie was meant uh, to be, I guess an art house version of the creation story or the story of the earth or the, or an allegory for that. And I think there's a really cool idea there and it can be really tastefully done and it can be make a really good, like one act play or, or a stage play or something like that. I think that's a real, like the idea of people coming to a house and having that represent, um, the world or something like that. And, and kind of doing it different. Uh, this took it, took that premise way too far in my opinion uh it was based around a good idea and he he went crazy with it he he didn't know what he had uh he it, the like i said the, the the jurassic park thing of before you even know what you had you've uh you've exploited it and made a t-rex you know <laughs> this movie could have been a lot better had it not been as ex- exploitive as it was and and offensive as it was i'll just say that um in a lot of the scenes so this is a missed opportunity for him to really gain a lot of respect in a lot of people's eyes um and the people that don't understand this probably uh think that but uh yeah i think this is a movie to me you mentioned art house i think this movie gets a totally different treatment it it you know the uh, the casting and sort of uh, studio backing of a, of a film like this is its curse. If this was like mm-hmm. just a random little art house movie that came out this fall, and you're like, yeah, it tries to tell the story of creation and it's super violent and weird, and uh, you know it's got Charlotte Gainsbourg in it, and <laughs> you know whatever, like no one's as mad as they right. are. But right. when you Sears- have Saoirse Ronan, yeah. right? Yeah, like- it's William, yeah, it's Willem Dafoe and Saoirse Ronan, and it's directed by some like weird Nordic guy you've never heard of. And you're like, all right, right, that exists. Like that doesn't offend me. That's cool. But the fact that it has the biggest movie star in the world in it, or biggest female mm-hmm. movie star and arguably biggest movie star in the world in it. Um, and a director who had some Oscar type success in the later part of last decade with, with the wrestler and black Swan, it was able to sort of limit his weirdness in interesting ways for narrative. And then you have Javier Bardem, who has a lot of cachet in terms of serious uh, serious adult movie going, right? He, he's like beyond art house, but not quite blockbuster, aside from maybe um, uh, Skyfall. But, you know, he's just this kind of, but it's an actor of, of, of weight. And so you add those things to it, and then you're like, you have this whole other expectation, Sure. Um, and so I think it suffers from that. But when you try to, when you think about it and just try to strip this away as like this experimental piece of mm-hmm. cinema, I don't know. I find it, I found it much less offensive and just sort of like, okay, this is just some kind of right. faux it's intellectual a, it's, it's, pretentious. It's a very whiff, art, but like modern yeah, art kind of thing. Yeah. In a, in a sloppy, boring way. Uh-huh. But yeah, yeah it is. But yeah. it's like, it's yeah. a miss, but it's like, it doesn't, it's not an F minus minus minus. I don't know minus if it's a miss. Me. I think it accomplishes what it's what it's <laughs> meant to do, which is uh, tell this 
allegory in this Darren Aronofsky way, and it does that, and it got people talking, and that's it. I really don't think this was trying to make money. I don't think this was doing anything other than to get people going, that was the worst movie I've ever seen, or that was the best movie I've ever seen. I really don't. I don't think there's yeah, anything more to think, think about than that at the end of the I day. think there's something to what you're saying there, but if you're going to do that, I think Richard's right. Like I, I'm, the, I'm a huge enemy of limited release. I hate limited release. I hate that I can't see that we live in this huge media market and there's movies that I can't get to if I want to get to them. There is... <laughs> no reason that this movie That's should have seen the best criticism of this movie. Right? No, what the, I mean, what yeah, should have happened is this this should have be been New York and L.A. Yeah, should have been like New York and L.A. Is, and then got people talking, and then slowly started to release it as the fall came out, and and it would have been one of those wow, that was crazy, but nobody could see it, and almost build up this mythos. You know, um, right. this it was almost dead on arrival with kind of how like yeah. I, like I was saying yeah. earlier on how nobody knew what it was about and. Yes, and people yes. coming into this that oh I love the Hunger Games Jennifer Lawrence yeah let's go <laughs> right and right. see this yeah. and they're just and it's her walking around in a see through thing for the first four well, okay minutes. let's not complain about everything <laughs> I'm not okay. complaining about that I'm just saying they don't expect that when they go in and it's like wow it's four minutes yeah. of her walking around the house that's it that's the only thing we're seeing right now and, right. And right. it's um, it makes no sense as a wide release, no sense whatsoever. And that, again, that's me saying that as somebody who I hate limited release. Typically, it's just this is this is this is the movie that limited release is made for. Is this kind of this kind of thing? Right. Because there's no way that it was with the title, with the weird trailers, um, with just the word of mouth. There was no way this was ever going to be successful. Well, I don't. And if Paramount's going to give somebody like yeah. you're, you're right, can't I don't think that Darren Aronofsky cares at all if this movie makes money and he probably would like it if it didn't make money which it's not going to but but paramount gave this guy 30 million dollars to make a movie and then advertised it and all that good stuff they are not happy right now i don't care what darren aronofsky's intent was they are not happy with the 7.5 million dollar open that's going to drop to maybe 20th place next week on the chart like there's five movies opening this weekend Uh so this is going to be forgotten immediately um, and that's not, I don't think that's what Paramount had in mind when they, when they signed up to give that. And, and that's part of the problem to me. I, I, I can go on and on about the, I guess I can go on and on about the content of the movie. Part of what drives me crazy with this is Darren Aronofsky to me is like a, it's like a, a symptom of the disease within Hollywood where I think he's the, he is the director that you bring in as a studio when you want to seem like you're doing something edgy and artsy and creative and really all you're doing is just getting a name that seems artsy and creative and edgy instead of somebody who actually makes um the kind of like to me if you want to make something if you want to be a true if you want to be a studio that is um not even taking a chance, but like looking for a director who can take something small and make it um, something impressive and can make art house films. Then you're looking for like Richard Linkletter or go on to, or, or uh, in a Rito or somebody like that. But, but, <laughs> but Aronofsky's name is the name that comes up when people are like, how, Oh yeah, he makes, he makes artsy movies. How did I That's describe him earlier, Brian? How, what was my mixture? Oh, it was uh, it was Terrence Malick mixed with Eli Roth, and that's spot on. I think that's a spot on comparison. I wish I could have thought of that myself. That's that's a perfect comparison. I just it's a this is a guy. It's to me, it's just 
my biggest thing in life, whether it's, I don't care what it is, it's my work, it's my professional life, my personal life, this podcast, I mean, anything else, don't waste my time. Don't waste my time. Don't show up well, to a meeting. Okay. Well, okay. Well, we've really violated that rule over the last four years, <laughs> five years, Brian, I apologize. But that's, yeah, but that's the thing with, with this, is this is, it's such, it's such a waste of time to me. To, to, it's such a waste of time to get, um, to get film school people really pretentious and excited and start sniffing their wine. Like that's, I don't know, man. Like it's, I get it. I get what, I think I get what's trying to be accomplished and I'm, I don't feel like I'm, I, I'm not dumb. I can't, I'm not somebody who can't appreciate an art house film by any means, but this is the kind of art house film that I think set it, I think this type of movie actually sets the art house industry back every time a movie like this comes out. Like this to me is the art house version of Transformers the Last Night. Like it's that it's that type of thing. Where it's like <laughs> I can't take Transformers the Last Night seriously and that that actually damages the brand of blockbusters like we, we just spent this whole summer complaining about how there wasn't any money to be made at the at the box office and part of that was because the last month you've put out garbage and tried to sell it to me and then but that damage i think tr- i think a movie like transformers damages the brand of of uh, blockbusters and tent poles and popcorn type movies for the film club crowd that's like you know, turns their nose up at how could you possibly like this movie? Well, because you apparently people like this movie and all the people who went to see Transformers are like, how in the name of God can you can can you watch this thing? This thing was awful. And and I just I don't know. I'm just tired. I'm tired of his bit. I'm tired of him draping every single thing in just buckets buckets of of symbolism and allegory no that's the problem though yeah that's just, so no, it's the wrestler stop, was great the wrestler stop. was like yes. the perfect amount of that yes. well i don't the, know why he would layer more on later in his career the, the, right the the exact problem is that he there's no symbolism here because he's blatantly telling you exactly what he's doing right. with everything right. you know like the way the, you, you he know names the, the characters gonna, yes the way right. the entire story is laid out the fact that he goes in interviews and says oh yeah it's a story about uh it's a story about creation. It's a story about uh, the history of the earth through religion. You know, it's uh, right. that's exactly what I was doing. He plays God. She right. plays Adam and Eve. Oh, these are this is Cain and Abel. Okay, this is the birth of Christ. This is you know um, the right. entire but story. It's still, just he's just saying that. in that bucket. But it's right. not. I know. It's not know, like we can just make those it. connections ourselves. It. He's right. Exactly. He doesn't even leave exactly. it up to the audience to make those interpretations. Yes. Like somebody like a Christopher Nolan would be like, "Whoa, wonder if there's right. some religious connotations to be drawn here." He's not. He's right. I agree. He's telling totally you, agree. "Oh yeah, there is," yes. and there's no mystery about it. And I, I mean, yeah, it's for for it's something not even confusing. Th- it's not even a confusing right. presentation. It's it's a boring presentation. For, for, it's a horribly slow, boring presentation. And, That's and obvious. I, yeah, I thought and obvious, for yes. some, for an. an uh, supposedly super intelligent filmmaker, somebody who oh. intelligently crafts stories and mystery and thrills. I thought this was an extremely predictable story. You knew, I knew yeah. how it was going to end exactly from exactly yeah. how it was, how it began with the whole heart in the house and the her and right. the becoming right. birth and all, and all that. I knew what was going to happen. And uh, like I said, they're so upfront about it. They're calling. Javier Bardem, their creator, the entire time, and right. Um, it, I think the stuff with Ed Harris up until then, it's just it's pretty tough 
I mean, it, it, it was. You have to admire Ed though, because he, yeah. the way he converted his control room set in his home mm-hmm. um, to that giant it, house, to that giant house control there somewhere. Impressive. Yeah, yeah, no, but it was impressive though. I don't know if it was draperies or what, but you could hardly can tell that there was a. You could hardly tell that there was a that he was a mission full control, mission yeah. control <laughs> set around him. The headset. Time. They spent a lot of money editing the headset out. <laughs> yeah, that's um, where. That's like, why I'll I give Aronofsky that. Yeah. yeah. It. It didn't come off as it didn't make me think. It, it, at least if you're no, going to be no. shot in 16 millimeter and do the whole art house experience, at least yeah. make me think a little bit. Uh, it was yeah, it was yeah. like a college kid was trying to make something smart. Is what it felt like, or yes, or, or something yes. Super so intellectual, yeah. yeah, super yes. intellectual. And it yeah. was what what more obvious of a story can you pick from the Bible than doing the creation and Adam and Eve and Cain right. and Abel? I, I just felt there are more stories of, in the Bible that, that could tell this story that are more subtle. I still want to make Shamgar killing all those people with the ox note from <laughs> judges. <laughs> it's one sentence, but I think I could get two hours of like Tarantino violence out of that. But it, well, it's interesting. I mean, of course uh, you, us three grew up, in the church environment. So we knew those stories. I wonder what somebody who had no reference frame of reference from the Bible would have thought or about this at all, or they would have, what kind of conclusions they would have drawn. I want somebody to write into the show who saw that and didn't, didn't have that connection yeah. because I right. want their Doesn't opinion. Have the background we do. Um, right. Our, our lens is a little bit different. I, I totally understand sure. that. But um, as far as production goes, um, I can't say I don't respect Aronofsky for sticking to his vision and doing Aronofsky things. He certainly isn't one to be persuaded by what people think and say about what he does. So I will admire him for that. Um, this movie is intelligently written. I think uh, I like the stuff. The, basically, the entire movie is told from from her perspective or mother's perspective, Jennifer Lawrence's perspective, right? And there are only three shots that are actually used in the film. The close-up shot of her face, which is, I think the stat was put out there that it's 66 minutes of the of the movie is just her face. Um, Over-the-shoulder shot, where you see her shoulder and what she's looking at, and then the point-of-view shot, which is what, directly what she's looking at. So those are only three angles in the entire movie, and he was so stuck to his guns that his editors, were, were, he said, were like, um, getting angry at him like crazy because he was so confident in doing that, doing it that way, and only having those three angles that it made it hard to tell the story through those three angles and still have the performances and, and be able to do all the things you can do with editing at the end of the day. So I don't know if the fact that he accomplished that is impressive or if this would have been a way better <laughs> movie had he shot it traditionally. But again, like who care? He doesn't care what I think. He's going to do make Aronofsky movies and do crazy, weird, kind of demented kind of stuff. And let's be real. Uh, this stuff is kind of honestly mild when it comes to the stuff that gets put out there. The nymphomaniacs of the world, right? The Gaspar No movies of the world. Have you seen Enter the Void? Ugh. Hey, Has anybody seen Enter the Void? Neither of you guys? No. But there's stuff I out I mean, there's like yeah. these art house movies that come out that are just... Right. They're this right. times 50. But they didn't get into 2,000 theaters. Right. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's the difference. difference. That, that, that the fact oh, that... Aronofsky is the watered down version of that. It, it, can't, yeah. that and sense. the dumber so, version of that. So right. when you get the the watered down's fine, but it's the 
the the obvious beat you over the head silliness of it all. But Ken, we need to get a contest together. We can rig. Uh, that Brian loses so that we can make him do a solo app on Nymphomaniac <laughs> parts one and two. Yeah. Or it's only the parts deal two. with that is you have to first find many thousands of dollars because I will lose my job. So there's, that's the first part. If you, All right. I'll, do, I'll put that to the, to the, to the listeners. Yeah. yeah, you got to come up with, an, with X amount of money that will get me through three years of my life and I will quit my job and do that episode. I can't. But Corey will join me. <laughs> What was your opinion of uh, Jennifer Lawrence in this movie as a performance, like totally uh, objectively as a if if this wasn't Aronofsky directing this mm-hmm. and it was David Fincher, for example, what would you sure. have said about Jennifer's portrayal? And yeah, all that? I, I thought she was fine. I thought she did a good job. I don't I think Aronofsky did nothing to help her. I don't I don't I think all the close ups weren't fantastic. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, that's his vision. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that it, I don't know that it worked, but sticking her to me again, it's, it's the don't waste my time thing. Like all these, all these actors that I, I respect heavily and I love Jennifer Lawrence and I, Jennifer Lawrence spent three months of her life making this movie. That's all I could think about throughout. And she she fell in love with them. She fell in love with them in the process too. Yeah. Which is part of the reason a lot of them are mad. Let's be honest. Yeah, of course. You need to make better she, life she, choices. Jennifer. Hey, Brian, uh, she didn't only fall in love with him. She fell in love with him because of this. How does that make you feel? Think about that. Think about that. She may be going through some stuff. Uh, it, <laughs> she it's, is. It's just, that's for sure. Like, go. I don't know. She was. I thought she did a. I thought she was a very good. She gave a very good performance in spite of what she was given to work with. Does that make sense? Like the, especially especially down the stretch as it gets more and more on the nose the the just the dialogue that she was being asked to deliver uh was pretty <laughs> was pretty bad was pretty bad and in the midst of all this foolishness that's taking place it, it just i i thought if i think if he, it that he lucked out i mean lucked out he cast her so great but if cuz Jennifer Lawrence is an incredibly talented actress and if you put, if she, let's say she's in the 95th percentile of of uh, white actresses in Hollywood currently, if you put somebody in there who's like in the 90th percentile, this movie gets worse and worse and worse, albeit already a terrible movie to me. Like it gets, it just. Eat it, Carrie the, Mulligan. <laughs> yeah. If you put Carrie Mulligan there or who's the girl that's like the from Girl on the Train that's like low rent. Oh Jennifer yeah. Lawrence, she's Hollywood. Music and lyrics girl. No, uh, yeah. I, from I Magnificent it. Seven, yeah. that she, whatever. If you put Haley Bennett or something like that, yeah, Haley Bennett. If you, no offense to Haley Bennett, but if you put Haley Bennett in place of Jennifer Lawrence, you know this whatever my grade is going to be somehow. No, still but the thing is, you never see this then, on. and you don't care. Yes, because then it's totally a true art, hundred percent true. You didn't yes. see Alicia Vikander at the end for that <laughs> one moment, and then she had to come out there and do that. I don't know why she 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 really wanted to put her name on this movie though. So and Kristen Wiig too. She's like anything you do to get me on board, I'm down with. That was that took me out of it honestly. Mm-hmm. When yeah, Kristen Wiig shows up, and I'm not joking by the way, listener. Uh, she does. Yeah. Uh, shows up in the movie. It's um, weird that she showed up as Gilly though, and that was when I was like, was. "This is <laughs> this weird. is a little too on the nose." <laughs> That's funny. Sorry. Sorry. It it does get in your Gilly. face. It's Harvey Bardem. Gilly. <laughs> oh wow. Gilly. Quit trilling. Quit trilling everything Spanish. you say. Yeah. 
okay. So I agree, Brian. I think it was a fine performance. I don't I don't know if we're going to talk about it. I mean, the, this year oh, hasn't been God, particularly no. strong in any acting category for anyone. So mm-hmm. it won't take much to get talked about right now at mm-hmm. this point of the year. But it, I think it was fine. It was very on the nose again uh, with her cleaning the house and all the stuff breaking around her. I can't believe she didn't just go completely insane when the people were just showing up to the house every five minutes. It gave me anxiety and I mm-hmm. wasn't her yeah. and her entire life was revolving around keeping that house clean and uh, repairing the house from the damage and all that. So uh, it, it just felt Darren Aronofsky has a way of making me feel like something crazy is going to happen in the next six seconds. I'm always waiting for some, somebody to die or something to fly through a wall or, or some big music music moment to hit or something. I'm always on edge when I watch his movies and I don't know if I like that or if I hate that. See, I feel the opposite. I feel like his mo- that's what he's trying to make me feel mm-hmm. and I never feel that way. Like even, I just I'm always I was so I, I almost Richarded on this one because I just was like I don't I don't care. This whole thing is supposed to be wrapped up in Gosh, Brian. The, the building of tension to what's, what's gonna, it going to take for you to Richard. I know. I'm one of these days. It's you're gonna you're gonna be text me, text us in a flurry because you're gonna be like, <laughs> felt so good. I didn't I didn't have to yeah. go back. Is this We're what like, life yeah. is like. Yeah, uh, this is so much better. And I'll quit three books that I'm reading. And it'll be it'll be awesome. Um, it, yeah, like I I I always I feel like he wants me to feel that way to where I'm just like on the edge of my seat and can't wait to see what's going or I'm terrified of what's going to happen next or whatever. And instead I was just like I know how this is going to end. For some reason you put that shot at the very beginning of the movie that is you know, is exactly what happens at the end. So I know I knew where we were headed and I don't care about the details. You know, that that over the weekend, I think it was Hollywood Reporter had the article was floating around. We we had a few people send it to us too that were just like, I think the title of the article was something like, if I have to go home and Google the meaning of a movie, then it's a then it's a failure. It's a bad movie or whatever. And I would say that took a lot of criticism and and rightly so, I think. I for me, I would say the opposite of that, or the the equivalent of that for me would be if I go home from seeing a movie like this and my only thought is immediately throw it all away and never think about that movie ever again i think that's the failure especially given how hard he desperately wants me to to care and to think about it and to process what he's just put before me you know yeah have you ever seen the andalusian dog it's it's like a salvador dolly um no it's this uh it's this not to get super pretentious but it's this like uh I feel like Darren yeah, I know, what you're, I know what just, you're talking about. Just trying to make the Andalusian dog every time. Mm-hmm. It was this. It was a super controversial kind of surrealist exploitation yep. thing that project between okay. Salvador sure. Dali and this um, Luis Buñuel, Spanish Buñuel, and he gotcha. he made this thing. And there's a scene in there where they like literally cut an eyeball, you know, like slice mm-hmm. an eye. And it was this huge. Everyone's just like, "What?" It's basically the scene in Willy Wonka where he's going through the tunnel. There's all that crazy right. imagery. It's basically that for the entire movie, and people are just like, "What?" Is, it kind of redefined what movie could be. And all. sure, I feel like that's just Aronofsky's trying to do that in different ways, but using mm-hmm. the Bible as a as a frame of reference. I don't know if because right. he's super religious or whatever, but he thinks it's being 
Well, it's the easiest it's way easy. to, it's to easy. scandalize yeah. people, right? Uh-huh. Is that is to invoke religion in 2017? It 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 scandalizes people. So it's like a it's like a cheap uh, trick. I think I just find it so boring to to do that. Mm-hmm. If you're trying yeah. to be uh, yeah. if you're trying to be a provocateur, like uh, I mean, it's just that's to me that's training wheels. Yeah, totally. It, because you could say yeah. you can compliment people's religion and they'll get offended by it. You know, right? So totally, it's like the totally. easiest thing to offend them on is to to you know interpret yeah. their religion in any way. I mean, so it's just to me that's just lazy, right? And just to head that off at the pass, if we're gonna get the angry email about that, I I'll just say up front, like I the Noah stuff. I wrote defenses of of him and of Noah and his like all. That. So please save it. I don't I don't want to hear the. I don't want the angry email about how, you know, I'm an angry Christian or whatever. Like, I, I don't want to deal with it. Like, that's not what it's about. Just make a good movie. Just make a movie to where I'm actually interested and engaged. You can comment on whatever you want to, you know? I'm fine with that. I just, ugh. Should we talk about the end? <laughs> if we have to, I guess, <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we have to. Spoilers, big spoilers coming up. Um We've already spoiled a lot, but spoilers coming up now. <laughs> um, the pregnancy, having the kid, uh, you knew it was coming. You knew that mm-hmm. uh, this was going to be... Uh, I, I found her like a, like a, less of a Mother Earth and more like, like as a Virgin Mary character. Right, yeah. And you knew it was coming. The difference to me, Brian, and this is my how you feel, is that Jesus didn't die as an infant child. Uh, <laughs> that was different. Jesus, according to the story, chose to die, you know, when he could have lived. And so that's kind of the difference to me. Obviously, a baby doesn't choose to die, or at least this baby didn't choose to die in this way. Whether it was sacrificed, yeah. I know, sacrificed by God, God being Bardem, and him sacrificing it to the people or whatever, and then... They did what they they chose to do with the baby, which was kill it, which is, I understand that allegory and all that, but that's why it's offensive to people is because it's, it's telling that story in a way more offensive way, which is already offensive. We've seen Jesus being beaten on screen before in the Passion of the Christ, and yeah, it's tough to watch, but it's not a baby, <laughs> at mm. least, you know, and that that's probably yeah. what... what it was most controversial here, but at the end of the day, it's a movie and it's, you know, it's trying to get us to talk about it and we are. So it went <laughs> right. Right. Success. Yeah. Success. Yeah. I, I would say I was not so much offended by the content just as like how sloppily it was done, especially down the stretch. I felt like when they were beating really her. I was more offended by that. Yeah. It started really mixing metaphors and and allegories and so that. I mean, I think part of this whole the, the the biblical allegories and the Christ allegory, and I think then starts to mix with like this idea that of the creative process and how it's hard to find the muse and then put out the thing that you're creating and then people love the thing you're creating but it's not enough and so you're trying to give them more and they're Mm -hmm. wanting more and they're wanting more and they're literally tearing apart her yelling my baby Mm -hmm. my baby was so it was just it was cringy to me it was so on the nose and then add in you know what ultimately happens to the baby i just was like at this point 
it's not even offensive. It was for me, at least. I don't know how other people reacted. For me, I was just like, "Can I just please be done with this? Can I please just leave this theater? They're, I don't, don't want to be here." He's anymore. trying to take symbolism and turn it on its head. Like when they're eating the flesh at the end. Yeah. Are you trying to Gosh. turn to say that communion is actually like as if people really just dug up Jesus and ate his flesh? Like that's what, I don't understand the. It's not it symbolic. Whole, it's just like, like what I are said, you doing? I, I, yeah. Yeah. I think by that point it was it was just so sloppy and, and so many mixed metaphors and it, yeah. just, it was it was awful by that point. I just I just wanted out. That whole the whole acid trip scene when the house is just being bombarded and stuff, it's like anybody who could I, I just it was a miracle that I got through that part. And then you, you sit through that and then your reward is 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 this is the sacrifice death and cannibalism of of a baby what a what a fun day at the theater you know right so what did we think about michelle pfeiffer and ed harris they were, uh, they sh- yeah go ahead it was cool to see michelle pfeiffer i like michelle pfeiffer a lot uh and so i and she's someone that you don't see a lot um mm-hmm. because um i don't know if you guys know this little uh unknown secret of hollywood attractive actresses <laughs> die when they're 38 they're executed mm-hmm. right. so <laughs> so she's a survivor she is she is so it's but she's a real i think michelle fiber she's like the brad pitt female brad pitt i think she's actually underrated because she's always been so beautiful <laughs> in terms of mm-hmm. acting ability uh not the best use of her but i'm always just fired i love michelle fiber i'm always just fired up to see her uh ed harris is you know He's is there. He's just there. Yeah, he's done this. I mean, I get. I feel the, like he's, he's great, the but I get to see him a lot, so it's fine. Yeah, totally. And he's kind of. I mean, he's he's done very similar yeah. characters. History of violence, which is all fine. Over no, again. No, he no, shows exactly. up and yeah. stuff happens. Right. Exactly. It was nice to see Don Hall Gleason, though. Yeah, right. I got more excited to see him than we're about to see him cameos. in everything. He's in everything the next yeah uh, six no. months. That's good. So. No, he's, he's great. Good. He's great. Well. I can tell that you guys are just thrilled to be talking about this still. So let's talk about it for 25 more minutes. How about okay, that? Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Let's go frame by frame. Pull up a chair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what other kind of symbolism did you see here? Any, is there any anything that offended you that we haven't discussed? Or is it just a, <laughs> any one moment, wow. anything like that, or, or that you liked, maybe? No. No, not really. I mean, it's it's just so messy. It's not cinematic to me. That's no, a problem with not, it. That's why I mentioned the play. Like, it didn't feel like right, this should exactly. be even be a movie. Yeah, it's exactly right. This is a really interesting short story to me, mm-hmm. and anything beyond that, I'm just I'm kind of out on. At least in, at least done by Darren Aronofsky, I guess. What uh, if we're being totally honest? What's your Darren Aronofsky ranking of six thousand seven hundred and fourteen? Oh, how I rank oh, <laughs> in terms of directors. Uh. Uh, for me, it's the wrestler one, and then I don't care about anything else. I, I mean, I guess Black Swan. I hate. Right. I, I like Black Swan. Black Swan. I know other people do. I just it's not my. I, that one is one at least I can appreciate. Yeah, that's what it that's is, like actual know? art house cinema yeah. with with lead actresses that are important right. and good. Right. Yeah, that one right. actually is a little subtle and kind of interesting and scary and creepy and mm-hmm. it not doesn't beat you over the head. So I, yeah. I'm fine with that. I feel like most of his movies... The Wrestler is really good, but I'll never go back and watch it. Like I, I saw it in theaters in 2009 or when it came ever out, seen and I, I won't watch it again. So. In the field, so happy and free. 
so that's seen a one how I feel about most of this. There were a couple of franchises he was supposed hey, to take over at one me? point. What was it? Was it Batman? Wolverine. And Wolverine. That's what was the big yeah. thing. And Jeez. then just that. And that's the thing. Like, just stay away. I don't. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want him involved. I. It's just to me. That's my point. It's like he's the name you throw out when you want to seem like yeah. you're cool and edgy and sophisticated and artsy. And I, I just there's there's better people out there that we can spend our time on. There's better directors out there that we can. That we can give $30 million to to make an interesting type of a movie, I think. I agree. Well, I guess we should hit grades. Unless you guys, again, have any other thoughts, because I'm here all night. I'm here to talk mother (laughs) until you guys are ready to go to bed. We can just start taking calls if you guys want to do that. (laughs) We need to do that. We need to do do a take call segment on the show. It'd be fun. Okay. Well, having said that, what are you guys gonna grade mother at, Brian? Uh, F minus minus. Oh, I'll send you no. your, your royalty. Nope, nope, yeah, can't do I hate it. it. No, it's hate patent, it. Patent. Okay, then a G minus. G minus. I don't know. Wow. Like I hate it. I hate it. It's I hate. It's bottom three of the year for me easily. It's not even. I mean, Transformers is gonna be tough to beat. Let's be honest. But this is. I would probably rather sit through Transformers again than this if we're being... I can give you... <laughs> we'll talk about it offline, but this is better than Transformers for a lot of reasons. Um, where are you going to grade it, Richard? I'm going to go C-. minus. I'm going to go C. Gets a pass. That's it. Just because it's Aronofsky, aronofsky all over our aronofsky freaking Aronofsky's faces. And, uh... That's all it was meant to do. You win, Aronofsky. You win. I paid eleven dollars to see this, so ultimately, again, <laughs> at the end of the day, he won. He won. He won this exchange. Yeah, you win this, this round. This is it, though. I'm not. I'm not doing it again. Like this was the last straw for me. I'm not. I'm. I'm not buying his whatever movie he puts out next. I'm not doing it. I. I I'm. I'm drawing what, what, a line in what, the ha- What's going to happen, Brian? When the critics are raving, though, because I don't they're care. raving. I'm done. I'm done. I just this <laughs> his movies. Sometimes I go back and I look at like what I wrote in my uh, movie review infancy in like 2006, 7, 2008, and some movies where it's like, clearly I hated this movie, but I didn't want to say that I hated this movie because I was trying to get into that writing and reviewing world mm-hmm. and stuff. And this is the type of movie that at 30, at 28, at 26, whatever, I probably would have said, I mean, it's not great, but I see in pick out the things that are good about it or try to find things that are good about it. At 34, I'm just like, no, I don't, I don't have time for this stuff. This is, this is terrible. And if that makes me, you know, dumb. Then you went to see triple X. Yeah. I mean, I saw American assassin right before this. So, you know, it's like, I would like to be able to go both ways on this, but I can't. I just hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it. Well, uh, yeah. So a C, a C minus, and a G. Was, uh, <laughs> that's, that's never been done on the show. Mm, well, this movie, new ground. speaking of grades, is the only movie out of 19 in movies in history since I started doing this to get the F cinema score. And this mm, is wow. regarded by some as as big of a... a uh, Indicator as Rotten Tomatoes has no, been known to become. In fact, a lot of studios will look at this before they'll look at Rotten Tomatoes because this is actually people going and see the movies and being pulled at various anonymous, undisclosed locations. So, I got an F. 
And uh, let's just name some of the other movies that have gotten an F. There's only a few of them. Um, Alone in the Dark. Remember that? Yeah. That's a Yui Bowl. Seen that. Um, is it Tara Reed joint? Yeah. Is it Tara Reed? Oh, Christian Slater. <laughs> Christian yeah. Slater. Oh, it was Yui Bowl. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a video game movie. Uh, the uh-huh. Box. I haven't seen that. Okay. Frank Langella and Cameron Diaz. Marsden. 2009. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's based on a Richard, the guy who wrote Richard Matheson. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. And Richard I've Kelly. I've seen that. That is directed. much better than this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bug. I think it's a horror movie. Okay. With uh, 2006. Judd. Michael yeah. Shannon. Michael Shannon. Yeah. That got an F in cinema score. Very random. By, the, the, very I'm noticing a theme here. Yeah. These are just horror movies that nobody seemed to like. Uh, there's one mm-hmm. called Darkness. 2002, maybe. Mm, I don't yeah. know that one. I don't know that one. That's a, looks like a foreign movie. So, uh, The Devil Inside, oh, I hate it. remember that one? The Devil Inside. I that was a couple that. years ago. It was. Oh, a, yes, I do. It was at the Vatican, the remember? for that one. Yeah, awful. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's another one. <laughs> Disaster movie. Oh, yeah. Remember when they were making scary movies out of every genre? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Meet the Spartans, yeah. Why? What was Disaster Movie parodying? What, 2012, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. But yes, yeah, yeah. Carmen Electra is the lead in that, so. Um, Dr. T and the Women, starring Richard Gere. Oh, no. F? Oh, <laughs> poor, poor Richard Gere. Poor guy. Poor guy. Poor uh, hamster. I, I, the Beholder. <laughs> the hamster said. I was about to say, yeah. I was going to say, I prefer Dr. T and the gerbil, but you beat me to it. <laughs> I think it was a hamster. I am the Beholder. Oh, I remember that. Okay. Another Ashley Judd movie. Maybe don't cash Ashley Judd um, in movies. Fear.com. Remember Fear.com? Yeah. The ring knockoff. Uh-huh. Was it really a ring knockoff? Oh, yeah. It Basically, was in 2002. Yeah. 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 I don't remember it being a ring knockoff. I remember it. Same um, kind of thing. You watch this website or something and then you die. That's same thing. I Know Who Killed Me from 2007 starring Lindsay Lohan. Mm, Lindsay Lohan. At F. Um, yeah. As well. Classic. Uh, in the Cut. Oh gosh, Meg Ryan. Mm. Is it really? Yeah, that oh, was her. Like, oh, this is my return. Oh. Yeah, yeah. In the cut. Yeah. F. Not great. Uh, killing them softly. Remember from a, like a couple years ago. Yeah, that's funny that's that that's movie. on this list. I hate that movie, but not like I hate these movies. <laughs> these other movies that you've that that doesn't belong in the same category. I would say. Wow, that that is that is that is weird. Uh, mm-hmm. Lost Souls, um, Lucky Numbers. I'm just naming Lost movies Souls. because I haven't heard of many. Lost movies. Souls has Renona Ryder in it. Lucky Numbers. Uh, don't know that one. Lucky Numbers. Oh, Travolta. So it can. Die. <laughs> <laughs> um, Silent House, which is another video game adaptation. Yeah. Uh, Solaris. So yeah, that's the Soderbergh. George Clooney joint. So far as that's a weird one to have on this list. Uh, The Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Not the bees. Not the bees. The bees. Ah, My (laughs) bees. That Uh, one should get taken off the list just for that meme. I feel like. And Wolf Creek from 2005 horror Mm. movie. So Mm. other than that, Mother is on the list. So that's that's the only movies in history 
that I've gotten that score. I don't think yeah. Mother belongs in that list. I, I understand why you wouldn't like it, but it's not a. It's not trying to be what those movies would be. It's trying to be something different. So, yeah, it is what it is. Okay, let's move on, Bry, and mm-hmm. hit a recommend. Let's do it. Weekly recommends. Richard had to leave the conversation for weekly recommends, but I'm going to recommend for him because he sent his recommend in advance. The Vietnam War, the new Ken Burns documentary, The Vietnam mm. War. Um, I guess he's watching that so he's, at this particular he's moment. He's not recommending the, the not actual, the actual war. Just, yeah. No one, no just one, hopefully he wouldn't recommend that or else he's staying up the show forever. But gotcha. uh, Ken Burns. Nobody documentarian. We've recommended this stuff on the show, I believe, in the past. Sure. What? Uh, what? What is your opinion on Ken Burns in general? Some people think he's too long-winded, which I've heard before, and I yeah. But what? I think he's the best. I, I think, think there's a place for long, long, long-form documentaries. Yeah, I do too. And he's I do the guy. Yeah. I think he's he's a great documentarian. You know, the because of the length of his programs. He's never going to be one. Like, I'm never going to sit down and, and rewatch baseball, probably, because it, it's 47,000 hours and such. Uh, and this one, I'm sure, will be will be more of the same. But you got to respect the way that he, the, like, the links that he goes to to get all the information that he needs. And the, he's a he's he shoots them fantastically, puts them together really well. So he's he's a great. He does. He's great. At what he does. Yeah. He he yeah. works on like three at a time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. he's he's my preferred uh, educational documentarian. I, I actually kind of do uh, get learn a lot of stuff from uh, from his stuff. The ones I've enjoyed, you mentioned baseball. I really like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that does a great job of going over the history of the game and the old old players that really were foundational players that you'll never hear about. I recommend right. that one for anyone who's ever watched baseball or liked it or played it. But uh, I liked the jazz one too on the history of jazz that one's really good i don't think i watched that one oh you would really like that that one um it's called jazz i think that's what it's called and of course the war the the um world war ii one yeah uh, that one's great probably his most obviously his most noted one but yeah you know what's great on that i don't know i know richard has seen this i don't know if you have i don't know if you ever watched community um when it was on they did a they did a war. They did a Ken Burns style episode. I think it was a two parter in like season three, with the narration and uh, these. It it looks exactly like a Ken Burns documentary, and it is fantastic. It's one of the best episodes they did on that show. Well, the whole thing. He was one of the first people to actually use that style that he uses, you know. Mm-hmm. And these people call it the Ken Burns effect. The way he pans across photos and makes them kind of part of a scene or like a video and instead of just showing a photo on a screen he had a really way of making that type of stuff come alive and and uh it really works well for documentaries so i'm gonna have to watch that one and yeah one day i want to just say i've seen every single documentary he's done i feel like i'll be very smart (laughs) um they need to sell a box set Uh, i I believe a lot of them are on netflix so uh what's your recommend I'm going to recommend something, uh, another show that's on Netflix. I've recommended this in the newsletter in the past, but I don't think I've ever done it on the show. So uh, there's a new season start of the show starting either next week or the week after. So you've got a chance to catch up on it if you haven't already. It's one we talked about in our pilots episode last year. 
Uh, it's called The Good Place with uh, Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. It's on Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff. I think it's only 13 episodes. So it's pretty, it's pretty easy. It's really, really funny. The first episode or two, if you watched it and you walked away, I totally understand. They were, it was fine, but it wasn't anything groundbreaking. There's, I think it's the end of episode three. There's a, uh, there's a switch. They, they pull, kind of pull the rug out from under you and it totally changes the way the show works from there. And it's fantastic. It's a really, really good show. It's really funny. It's got a lot of heart to it too, but it's, it's very inventive. And season one ended on a on a really interesting note. I'm very excited to see what they're going to do. Is this the one that's about like two. the? Uh, is it about like heaven or purgatory mm-hmm. yeah. or something? Yeah, the deal is Chris in the in the pilot. Kristen Bell wakes up in quote unquote the good place, which is basically heaven, some version of of heaven, and uh, and she you know goes through her like orientation and all this stuff. Um, but there's there is a been a mix up, and so her file has been swapped with somebody else's file, and she actually is supposed to be in the bad place. And so it's her trying to figure out how to stay in the good place and how to be a person who is deserving of staying in the good place. And then there's like shenanigans that happen uh, surrounding that. Um, and it's man, it's really it's really funny. It's inventive. Um, there's there'll be. I felt like re-binging it. I felt like there was three or four actual laugh out loud moments, pretty much every episode. But then the story was also really interesting and compelling. And so I'm and Adam Scott shows up like six or seven episodes in. he makes everything better. Uh, so it's, it's really, really funny. And it does feel like the type of show that, uh, it's Mike Schur, the guy who did parks and recreation, uh, Moe's from, from the office. It feels like the type of show that is going to get canceled after two seasons. Yeah, and it's because just it nobody saw six it. seasons though. Yeah. Like, how do you, but if how do you get, make that storyline? Yeah. If it could get to, they did some really interesting stuff at the end of season one. I don't want to mm-hmm. spoil it. So, but it seems like the show that like people I've talked to a lot of people who watched the pilot and they were like, it's fine. I just didn't really care about it. And, and then went back, I kind of convinced them to go back and rewatch or, or stick with it. And they've all come back and said, it's the exact same as park and recreation. I had to like fight people to make them watch parks and recreation back in the day. And, uh, and every single person would come back and say, you were right. This is, this is fantastic. And, and it's, I think it has, I think it has that potential. Like this could be the next, uh, great network sitcom if it gets a chance to do it. So I'm hoping people will go watch it and, and check it out. Season two starts, I don't know, beginning of October. Right on, right on, right on. Well, I got a couple of choices on what I should do. Should I do a, a mm-hmm. special or should I do a documentary? Hmm. Why don't you do a special, Kent? Okay. We got Let's do the Ritz. special. I am going to recommend a stand-up special that is on Netflix, and it's uh, it's the first one in twenty years for this guy. I never thought I'd see the day where he would come back, but leave it to Netflix to bring him back and to make it worth his while. Um, Jerry Seinfeld's new stand-up special is called Jerry Before Seinfeld, and it goes back to his old days in New York City. Where he got his start doing stand up in the 70s at the comic strip. And he goes back to the comic strip and does stand up and kind of reflects on his time back growing up and his time getting started in the comedy world and kind of talks about his struggles first starting out and uh, how nobody wanted to see him at first and how he obviously became this huge comedian. So it's really well done. And uh, this is just, I guess, an indication of stuff that he's going to do later for Netflix. this is a standard 
stand-up special, although he does kind of talk about his life in it. Um, it makes me curious to see what they're going to do with Comedians and Cars getting coffee, or if he's going to do his, another series, or if it's just going to be stand-up and Comedians and Cars. So I'm looking forward to that. So that's my recommend. Jerry before Seinfeld on Netflix. Boom. Who knows? Maybe this will lead to Seinfeld actually coming back, the TV show. I would bet every single day someone at Netflix calls Jerry Seinfeld and asks them to do that and yeah. calls the friends and asks them to do that. Yeah. Like every day. Just Based checking in, wanted to see if you change your mind. Nope. Okay. Call you back tomorrow. Right. Well, uh, good start to his Netflix career. And it's just good to see something go right for Jerry. You know? Yeah. He really deserves it. He only had like $4 billion before this. So mm. good, to see, I, good to see that happen. Dude, I saw today he's going to be in. <laughs> It's going to be in Abilene, of all places, in December. Doing stand-up? So, yeah. yeah. I don't understand how that's At working. At the ACU gym? I think so, yeah. Maybe the Coliseum. Abilene Convention Center? Yeah. yeah. Weird. <laughs> anyway, I saw him do stand-up one time, and it was very good. I suggest anyone who's ever seen stand-up, go see him at least once. Just He's, he's one of the iconic stand-up comedians that's still left, and uh, he puts on a good show. So... Mm-hmm. I'm more excited just, like I said, to see where this goes with his sure. content from here on out. Um, cool stuff. So Jerry before Seinfeld gets my recommend. Well, Brian, this has been fun. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of varying opinions on tonight's show and uh, Emmy talk. And that's always fun. And, of course, Richard Barden got to be here as well, which is hit or miss. But tonight, yeah, more of a miss. Rest okay. in peace, Richard. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, where can we find you on the internet, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at Beagle12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com or the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which will be out first week of October. We had to we had to just go ahead and skip September because of our schedules and such. So we apologize, but October yeah, but you want quality will content, make it worth so, your yeah. while. Yeah, yeah, it'll be worth yeah. it. Yeah. Kent, um, where can we find you? You can find me on the Twitter at Kent Garrison, KentGarrison.com, Instagram, Snapchat. Chat it up, guys. Hit me up. Uh, we love reaching out to you guys. And uh, Richard, find him online, RichardBarden.com. And uh, find our show, MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com. Join the VIP feed for exclusive bonus episodes, cool, fun stuff on there for as little as a dollar a week for all those bonus episodes. So check that out. And uh, next week, I think we're talking Kingsman guys yeah, yeah so yeah um for that and that's about it so fraser crane take it away we'll see you at the cinema goodbye goodbye hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs and maybe i seem a bit confused yeah maybe but i got you pegged but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.